The 19th century Danish fairy tale composer Hans Christian Andersen knew what he was doing when he cast royalty at the heart of his most famous parable. The emperor's new clothes pursues to its most absurd conclusion the collective willful delusion that always surrounds royalty, and indeed makes royalty possible. Playing along with the idea that a clearly naked man is in fact splendidly upholstered in regal finery is not really, as Anderson suggested, any more or less weird than choosing to pretend that some randomly selected mortal has been ordained by God to rule over the rest of us. This is not, to be clear, to suggest that there is no case to be made for constitutional monarchy, at least. Even the most adamantine Republican should find chewy food for thought in the UN's Human Development Index, in which 12 of the top 20 places are occupied by constitutional monarchies, and Transparency International's Corruption Perceptions Index, according to which 11 of the world's least bent 20 countries are ditto. Just because a notion is inherently preposterous does not necessarily mean that there isn't something to it. Crowns should be worn lightly, however. Monarchies work best when they operate as an institution into which their subjects can buy, as and when or if they feel like it. Instructing people to adore their king rarely works out for either king or people, which prompts the question of why some countries insist on doing exactly that. At which point, we should probably reveal that this explainer isn't going quite where you think it might be. We've all known just one queen. She's she's a person we've always looked up to. Are the United Kingdom's government and media institutions getting a bit carried away this week? Well, probably, but you can't really blame them too much. Queen Elizabeth II was a constitutionally, culturally and diplomatically significant figure and was a fixture in the global imagination longer than most people have been alive. Are the people of the United Kingdom and wider Commonwealth united in abject grief? Not really, but nobody has ever seized the imagination of readers or listeners with the headline, most people carry on more or less as normal, despite whatever it is. Okay, Okay. fair enough, but let's move on quickly. I'll give you that, I guess. The key is that the British citizen subject has a choice. Well, up to a point, and we'll come back to that. But we were reminded this week of all weeks that there are still those old-school monarchies which demand obeisance, or else. A record jail term has been handed down for insulting the Thai monarchy. A former civil servant has been sentenced to 87 years in prison for sharing audio clips that violate Les Majeste law. At which we turn to the news from Thailand. Thailand has long maintained severe strictures against Les Majeste, which is a fancy pants French phrase for calling the king a fink. Article 112 of Thailand's Criminal Code threatens up to 15 years in one of Thailand's infamously inhospitable huskaus for anyone who, quote, defames, insults or threatens the king, the queen, the heir apparent or the regent. This week, a 25-year-old activist, Jataporn Sayoang, got two years for attending a demonstration wearing a pink dress, which, the court decided, looked suspiciously like an outfit favoured by Queen Suthida. Sayoang's accurate, if arguably ingenuous, defence that it was a pretty standard-issue pink silk dress failed to impress the judges. 
Thailand really doesn't muck about with this stuff. Even during the reign of the genuinely popular King Bumibol Adulyadej, who died in 2016 after 70 years on the throne, at least one of his subjects ended up in the dock on charges of disparaging the royal dog. And since Bumibol was succeeded by his somewhat more opinion-splitting son, Vajira Longkorn, prosecutions have been brought under Article 1124, among other infractions, describing a princess's dress as ugly or disputing the veracity of reports of a 16th-century elephant battle involving the then-reigning king, Narasuan the Great. Did it take place? Certainly, the crown prince of Burma died, according to the Burmese chronicle. He was shot by Narasuan. According to the Thai chronicle, the crown prince was dead by elephant combat. This may all sound daft, not least because it is, but there is maybe a sort of brute logic to Les Majest laws in that they reinforce the idea that a monarch is due special treatment because they are special, and they deter the asking of a question which is simply impossible to answer sensibly in this context, i.e., who does this person think they are anyway? In other words, if we want to move ahead to become a normal democratic society, this law has to be abolished. Not all monarchies do this, of course. The constitutional monarchies of Europe, for example, mostly seem to have grasped that getting roughed up in the newspapers or kvetched about online is a smallish price to pay for a palace, a golden carriage and all the self-awarded medals you can stand up in. Although as recently as last year, the Catalan rapper Pablo Hassel got nine months for, in part, insulting the Spanish crown. But even more or less consensual arrangements have their limits. In the United Kingdom, in this admittedly unusual week, Prince Andrew was jeered in Edinburgh by a bystander who clearly interpreted ungenerously Andrew's recent gift of 12 million quid to a woman he'd never even met. The heckler has been charged with breaching the peace. That same offence must be answered to by a man apprehended in Aberdeen, in the vicinity of the route of the hearse bearing the royal coffin, carrying a quantity of eggs. For Monocle 24, I'm Andrew Muller.